The end of the first quarter of 2022 is almost here. So it's time for that financial report card on today's podcast. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. Untangling Your Finances. Welcome to the podcast once again. The conversation is back on with Mo Param of the firm Cloudvestors, which is a fiduciary firm and a firm uh, with a team and an individual for you, a human being, uh, helping you through all stages of your financial life. You know, always just a, a click or a call away um, and and throughout the year, because with their clients, of course, Mo has talked about uh, reviews are necessary from time to time. Cloudvestors.com is the site to check. And Mo, we're going to be doing something like that today, a bit of a review. You actually gave me a little sick feeling in my stomach earlier when you said report card, because it took me back to... <laughs> You know, at school, uh, especially like elementary school, we'd get the report cards every six weeks and you had to take them home and have your one of your parents sign them. And, you know, I would walk home. It was like, did you ever see the movie Green Mile? Yes. We've got a dead man here. Dead man walking. <laughs> dead man. So, yeah, <laughs> I always hated those report card days. But we're going to do that. We're going to do somewhat of a for end of first quarter report card. Yeah, you know, um, don't be scared about the report cards, you know, but uh, but yeah, I, I always think of myself as an educator at, at some level with my clients. So, yeah, the report card is a good a good way to for us to see where we're going, how we've done and what improvements we need to make. So think about a report card. Report card is just like a, a, a status check, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's not, too, it's not too overwhelming. It's just, all right, here's some ways, areas that we can improve on. Well, your to be parents the better, to be the better version of ourselves. Well, exactly. Exactly. Review. And that's always good to do. So, I mean, just looking ahead, I know we're going to look at how have you done with that budget in the first quarter? We're going to look at or have you procrastinated on taxes? And I don't blame you. I have. Um, <laughs> what moves can you make? Um, how, how are you fortifying yourself against inflation and volatility? Um, all of this we'll, we'll get into. So let's jump right in, Mo. Um, well, first off, let's start with this. Speaking of report, how's that credit? How's that credit score doing? If you're trying to repair it, have you made some of those moves necessary to do that? That's right. Yeah. No. If you if you think about it, most people uh, when they, when you when they have their New Year's resolution, some of it involves some type of financial um, goal that they have, right? Whether it's saving more money, uh, paying off debt, but there are some that want to work on their credit score. So um, if you haven't done it yet, let's go ahead and take a look at your credit score and see um, what progress you've made over over the last you know three months or so. Well, and so not to get in the weeds here, but what are some things you can do to boost that a little bit? Uh, pay off debt. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's keep, keep timely on that. Yeah. Keep timely on it. But the, the key thing is timely. Right. Yeah. That's a good thing you said. Timely. So you want to make sure that um, if you're paying um uh, you're paying consistently, obviously, but you're paying on time. Late payments do have an impact on your credit on your credit score. So if your payments are due on the 15th of the month, for instance, and you paid on the 25th, right? So you say to yourself, well, I did pay off my debt, right? At least for that month, but you paid it late, yeah, right? So you want to make sure that you're paying your credit, your, your debt on time. Um, you want to limit your 
your credit card usage, right? So if you if you're using your credit card, you want to see if you can use cash instead, right? So to limit how much you're actually putting on your credit on your credit card, especially if you have high credit card debt. But uh, if you don't have a credit card, does it help to get one though? It does, right? It it, it really does. It does help to uh, you know it it's weird, right? To the, your credit score at the end of the day is. Uh, a score, it's an arbitrary score, but at the end of the day, it's a score of how you are able to handle debt, right? How are you able to handle loans, debt? So, well, what better way for someone to figure out how you can handle debt is by giving you debt, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah, I mean, it so, is, and we've uh, actually talked about that before, but yeah, and you you made the light bulb come on for me because a, a big thing they're looking at is it's the history of it, especially. Right. Right. So the longer you have a history of managing debt on a, you know, obviously on a favorable basis, then your credit score goes up. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so if you, so yeah, so by, if you don't have a credit card, you know, you, and if you're looking to improve your credit score, then you can do a secure card, which is it's not really a credit card because you're actually putting money on it mm-hmm. and uh, you can't go past the amount that you put on. So if you put, you know, if you loaded five hundred dollars on the card, then your quote unquote credit limit is five hundred dollars. Gotcha. OK, right. Right. Uh, it, but the way it works is they look at it like a credit card. Right. Uh, so as you can if you can manage that then you you start to see your, your credit your credit score improve. Well, uh, but again, you know, again, paying off, uh, paying in time. Uh, I'm sorry, on time. Uh, biggie, we have a lot biggie. of tools that are out there. There's a lot of apps that will monitor your credit um, and also give you notifications on a weekly basis of okay, here's what your here's the improvements you made on your on your credit. All right, let's look uh, in the report card. We're coming to the end of the first quarter. How have you done on that budget if you set it up? How'd you do on it first quarter? Uh, well, hopefully the first quarter you're paying off some of those uh, expenses that you use for the holidays, right? I mean, yeah. um, that's why it's first first part of the year, um, we don't see a lot of spending going on in the economy because people are trying to pay back some right. of the debt that they've used. Uh, what are these that, that they've spent during you know the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas? So sometimes there's a little bit of a financial cool down to start the year. But keeping track on your budget, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of almost goes in line with your credit score. Yeah, is uh, you know making sure that you're that you're tidying up your finances and your budget's a huge thing. So um, if you set yourself, if you set a savings goal for yourself, right? I want to save five grand this year, ten grand this year, whatever the number is, you know. Are you doing that? Uh, one, do you even did you the budget that you said you were going to create? Did you even actually create it? Whether it's a spreadsheet or use an app mm-hmm. to to keep track of of your expenses? Um, are you paying yourself first? I mean, that's a huge thing, right? We always say that you want to pay yourself first. You want to put something into savings, basically paying yourself first. Uh, are you? Did you say to yourself, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to definitely uh, not spend." X amount of dollars over um, for my groceries or for my entertainment or for my uh, cable. Did I cord cut? Like I said, I was going to do, you know, all of this stuff is is monitored uh, through your budget. So, so have you done a good job of looking at your expenses? Is it going down? Has it gone up? 
Yeah, so all of that, all of that can be found in your budget, and hopefully, you've done a good job of of, of keeping up with it. Mo, I'm proud to say that. You know, I haven't always been able to say this, but for for the, actually the last year, I. I'm B plus, A minus, somewhere in that neighborhood, except for one thing. I have one streaming service that I've, for months now, I've been saying, ah, it's just like a little gnat, you know, annoying. <laughs> it's like $5. When I see it on my statement, I'm like, I keep forgetting to call. I never look at that. Why am I giving them $5 a month? So uh, that knocked <laughs> me down from an A plus lately. But um, yeah, I mean, but do it right now. Do it right now. I, I should. Let's take a pause and let's, let's, let's end it right now. Okay. Uh, Thanks for joining us right on now. Your Finances <laughs> Untangled. Well, we'll take a break, and I know Mo's got some urgent business to run to, so we're going to take a break, but we still have some urgent business here to take care of on this report card, and that's where are you on your taxes? Uh, because Ooh. we are nearing that, too. Um, how are you fortifying yourself against inflation and volatility? That is coming up on the podcast, Your Finances Untangled. How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's Cloud Vesters. That's cloudvesters.com. That's a relationship you can trust. At Cloudvestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's Cloudvestors. That's Cloudvestors.com. Back with your finances untangled. Yes, Cloudvestor is a great firm because it is the convenience of virtual planning. And it really, the birth of it was that they had the they have the brick and mortar. Uh, business and firm. Uh, but as clients moved, the clients were like, hey, I don't want to lose you. I know I may have to get a new dentist, but I, I'd like to keep you. So that, that was the birth of Cloud Vesters. But it is still just like they didn't want to lose them. It's the human touch you get. Cloudvesters.com again to learn more. Where It's the report card for nearing the end of first quarter 2022. Well, we've covered... Um, Checking your credit score, and if you're trying to repair your credit, make sure you stay on track with that. Make sure you stay on track with that budget, and if you don't have one yet, we're still early in the year uh, to set up a budget, and that's something, a conversation you can have with the guys at Cloudvestors. Uh, let's move to taxes, because we're almost there, April 18th, deadline day. And uh, you're, you're definitely get an excuse from the teacher for procrastination on this one. But have you made the proper moves that you can still make? And I, I think, too, Mo, uh, worth mentioning is IRA and HSA. You still have until you filed your taxes to get uh, help from your, the previous year. Yeah, so m m many people don't know that, you know, for, especially for your IRA, that you can make contributions uh, for the previous year. Uh, up until you file your taxes. Now, for on a tax-wise, um, like Roth accounts, for instance, don't really help you on taxes today because you're paying and you're funding with after-tax money. But when you start looking at a traditional IRA, those dollars going in, you can actually reduce your income by that amount 
Again, 6,000 is the most you can put into an IRA if you're under 50 and 50 and over, you can put 7,000 to an IRA. Mm -hmm. So you can wait, you, you can literally wait for this year. What is it? April 18th, you said? You April 18th. April 18th. So before you file, you, uh, hopefully if you file before then, then you'd have to kind of amend your taxes. But if you literally filed your taxes on April 18th, you can fund a IRA and make and take that deduction. Uh, for for 2021. And now some people wait because they're not sure uh, about uh, what their income is going to be. Right. Right. Because there are income limits uh, on funding these accounts, and there are an income limits on how much you can deduct based on how much you make. So depending on one's occupation, right, they may get a year end bonus, or uh, you know something comes up at the end of the year. So they're not exactly, or their spouse has a year end bonus, whatever it may be. So they're not quite sure exactly if they're going to fall within that threshold. So they, they wait until they get their W-2, their 1099s, whatever it may be, uh, to see what their income was to make that decision. But yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't done it yet and you think it's, if you haven't done it yet, it's something to consider. Well, the other thing you can do is, I mean, you can play around with it and say, okay, what if I put 2000 in the IRA? How much does that help me on taxes? Because, mm -hmm. uh, and if you're putting it in a traditional, well, the government's eventually going to get something out of it, but you're, you're, you're helping yourself and not having to um, pay it in taxes, but instead pay it to yourself back to what you said earlier. And by the way, the HSA um, individual contribution limit for 2022 since we mentioned hsa2 that's 3650 on thanks dave on the what's that oh yeah thank you thank no, you they, yeah, thanks oh, for, uh, yeah for covering that, that part yeah, of me yeah uh absolutely i was happy to do it happy to do it <laughs> uh, <laughs> um let's look at uh because you know that's that's something that uh, is also really later in your retirement the hsa it can be an income stream for you if you look at it yeah, that it's an, way, it's another tax deferred vehicle. So uh, the HSA health savings account is a way for you to save for health expenses on a pre-tax basis. And um, it's a good it's a good thing to do. Right. One is uh, obviously you're if you know you have medical expenses or just want to prepare and plan for some medical expenses, maybe not now, but in the future, then you have this bucket of money that is. Uh, that you've that you've been able to save and accumulate, you can invest that money, um, but but essentially you're funding it pre-tax, and um, yeah. So if you have a medical expense, you have that you have those those assets there, but again, you're funding with pre-tax money. So again, deductions, right? You get all the deductions, and then when you retire, if you at 65 years old, if you still have this account that's been accumulating and amassing over time. It's another asset, right? Another mm -hmm. vehicle you can use for uh, income distribution. Yeah. All right. Well, we our taxes. Um, we've got a little bit of time on that. Um, inflation. It's here okay. now. <laughs> it is here. It is here. Uh, yeah. Inflation is here. It's, it's rearing its ugly head, right? And inflation is. Uh, we've been in such a low inflationary environment for such a long time that. Um, it's starting to just skyrocket right now. In the last numbers I saw, we were at you know seven seven and a half percent year over year. So that's 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 a lot. That's a big jolt. Uh, yeah, and we're seeing that right. We're seeing it at the gas pumps. We're seeing it in grocery stores. Um, you know, we're seeing it in uh, in auto right cars, uh, especially used cars. So uh, inflation is here, and if you're not including inflation inside your planning. 
Um, you need to, whether it's in your investments, uh, you know, take a look at your fixed income inside your portfolio. Do we have longer duration bonds inside our portfolios, which tend to not do well in rising inflation um, periods? Uh, you might want you want to check and see the stocks that you have in your portfolio. Stocks tend to outperform inflation over time, so you may want to have a good mix of of stocks, uh, the good type of stocks inside your portfolio to to manage the inflation. Commodities, uh, certain commodities seem to do well in inflation, uh, in higher inflationary periods, like energy, for instance. So um, taking a look inside of that, your portfolio to see if you have any type of uh, inflationary protection vehicles inside your portfolio. Uh, also, you may want to also include what some people don't even realize either is contributing, increasing their contributions to keep up with inflation. Right. Yeah. yeah so if you've been saving... I don't know, so the arbitrary number out there, $500 a month, right? Um, and you would do Add that 7%. last year. Add a little more to it, right? So so now start saving, what's that, 500 and maybe $35? Maybe that's what 7% is. Or, yeah, make it 10. Make it. Yeah, make it 510 bucks, right? Increase that contribution to increase up, to keep up with the cost of uh, the cost of living. You're somewhat naturally doing that in a in a 401k if your income is increasing, right? So if you're putting in 10% of your salary into your 401k, well, if your salary increases, well, that 10% right. will increase with your salary. More will go up uh, with that. More will exactly. go up. Yeah. But those periodic automatic savings that you're putting in with that flat number, well, you may want to revisit it and increase that number to keep up with inflation. And, um, you know, with, real quick on inflation with gas prices, I was just thinking about the other day, people who deliver like, well, Grubhub or or even Lyft drivers and Uber drivers, man, they're taking a hit now. A big oh, man, hit. Are they? Think yeah. about it. Wow. I feel, I feel sorry for them. I've done that. So I, I can relate. It's like you're still getting the same, I guess, but you're paying more for gas, which is, I mean, the primary tool you're using really. When you're delivering right. either people to their destination or food to the people, <laughs> either and way. People and people aren't increasing their tips by inflation. Well, they should. So. <laughs> I mean, I am. I, I promise you I will, oh. taking that in, into account. Uh, I actually am pretty proud of myself. You know, I may not be a lot, but I'm a really good tipper. I'm a pretty generous tipper. I mean, I've, there you go. I've been there. You know, it helps if you've been there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going into a service industry, right, I mean, uh, you should really appreciate the people that are actually serving you. Absolutely. So, yeah, be a good tipper. And they remember you. And uh, they remember you. Especially if right. it's a restaurant that you frequent. Oh, you better tip. You better. <laughs> <laughs> Volatility to round it out. Uh, what are we doing uh, with this? Because we're experiencing that. Yeah. Yeah. Market volatility. We're, we're seeing it, right? S&P, um, as a data, at the time of this recording, down over 9%, right? Um, NASDAQ down, you know, last time I looked at it, 12 and a half. So we're seeing the volatility and it really is nowhere to go, right? If you go to bonds, bonds are losing value. So what you want to do is, you know, you just want to take a look. Are you taking the right amount of risk in your portfolio? If you're a long-term investor, sometimes this volatility is your best friend, right? You buy low, sell high. So you may be buying at these volatile times because your long-term vision, uh, good quality companies, you know, if you're looking at earnings reports that have come out, we're, we're seeing some quality companies are being profit or profitable, 
but they're just losing steam um, in the market. So volatility, are you taking the right amount of risk? If this, if this type of volatility is, is making you a little queasy, then ask yourself, are, are you, are, is your portfolio too risky for you? Um, sometimes you might have to sell. I mean, you've heard that you, you, you may not want to sell in these, in these times, but maybe you've, you've, you've taken on more than you can chew. Right. You've bought stocks or you bought some investments that are just getting hammered. And in this rising interest rate environment, rising inflationary environment, maybe those stocks just aren't going to be what's going to get you out. So maybe you're going to have to take it in the chin and, and start selling. Right. But um, but with volatility, yeah, you, you just want to make sure you're taking the right amount of risk. Uh you know, some people, you know, you, you've heard the, the adage, you know, just stay invested, stay invested. But mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't mean that you keep funding the same type of stocks, right? Right now, right. you know, I've, I've talked about it before, right? In this environment right now, high interest rate, high vol, um, high interest rate, high uh, inflationary period, growth stocks, tend, growth and technology stocks tend to get hammered. So you may have bought some tech stocks last year that are killing it, but are, you know, that are... Um, they're under pressure right now. Well, maybe we don't just keep buying it, right? Maybe we just keep holding those, but then we're our new dollars that we're investing it. We're going somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, growth stocks that don't produce um, that don't produce uh, products are, are are being under pressure right mm-hmm. now. So, again, when you hear the term "stay invested," stay invested. Yeah, you doesn't stay mean the same way the necessarily. Season, but it doesn't order. necessarily mean the same exact way. Yeah, right. And that's where having that investment strategy comes into play. You know, it's uh, we're recording now on uh, March fourth, and I was looking at the S and P, uh, Dow, Nasdaq down, down, down. Crude oil up, up. <laughs> the only thing that's going up. We got to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one thing real quick in closing, uh, we talked about uh, like Lyft and Uber drivers. When I was doing it, and hopefully this has changed now, the, the thought process going through most of the people that you would pick up was, oh, you don't have to tip with this. I don't know what started that because you certainly should tip your Uber driver or Lyft driver. Oh, I think you should. But I mean, I had people say, "Oh no, that's the whole thing. You don't tip Lyft driver, Uber no, driver." Who told you that? that? Works. That's not how that works. Well, I know. I, I, but man, you would. It was amazing the people that were thought that thought that. Yeah, you uh, don't tip with cash because you know everything's done through the app. Right, you do it on the tip. app. No, they were thinking, "Oh, you don't tip at all." That's what's so good about it. I'm like, well, you can take yourself back to the cab then. <laughs> Take yourself to the street. Nothing wrong with the cab driver here. I've taken plenty of them too. Not downing. Yeah, they're working hard, working hard for a living. All right. Well, uh, Mo, the report card is done for now. We'll revisit this near the end of second quarter, but we'll get back together next week with another great topic and conversation on this podcast. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for staying with us too. And. <laughs> And you're welcome, Mo. And thank you. And thank you for listening to Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. 
Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Moise Piram and his guests provide general information, not personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. The opinions expressed on this program are not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice and do not constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.